today's a good day, like if you are, if you're saved and you're kingdom minded, it's a good day for you. It's an especially good day for you if you're not saved. And when I say not saved, I'm simply saying that your life has not yet been turned over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Being a good person doesn't mean you're saved. That lose you? You know, a lot of good people go to church. But, you know, we're not saved by our goodness. Right? You can be a good moral person, but that's not what salvation is about. Salvation is about when you lose your life to gain the life of Christ. When you stop just living for yourself and you live for the kingdom. That's why a lot of church people are messed up because they rate their salvation on their own goodness. You ever met a self-righteous person? You know, I'm just as good as the people who go to church, which is probably a true statement, <laughs> right? How many of you ever seen mean people in church? Don't be silent. Raise your hand. You ever seen a mean person in church? Right. Folks, just because you go to church don't make you a nice person. just makes your person goes to church. But just because you go to church don't mean you are the church. Right? You know, he never told us to go to church. He told us to beat the church. Right? The culture of Christianity has just ruined so many people. And so if you are kingdom-minded and you're having a hard time ministering to people with issues, then it's a good day for you. So I'm going to try to put it all together because we can have the best hearts in the world and try to do the best that we can by people. But there's concepts that we can't get away from when it comes to kingdom principles, right? And so let, let's just begin 2 Corinthians 5.17. You're very familiar with it. It's a beautiful scripture. Say this with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. Now, I love this. It says, the new creation has come. So that word creation can actually mean the same word creature, the new creature has come. So think of creation and think of creature, and it says the old has gone. Now, here's a true statement. The new is here. Say it with me. The new is here. Now, you can read different translations, and it'll say the old man is passed away, right? He's dead. Everybody say he's dead. And the new man has come alive. We know that Jesus told Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. He's not born again by flesh and blood. He's born again by spirit. So we know not as of the seed of Adam, but of the seed or the spirit of Christ. So we are raised not from Adam. We're raised from Christ. That's Biblical 101 teaching. You should know that, right? And so when a man is born again, his flesh doesn't change, his spirit changes. Once you hear that, it's a spirit change. It's not a flesh change, you know? So I say that because we tried to change the way people looked for years. Right? Right? But it's not the flesh that changes, it's the spirit, right? And so we had concepts of holiness that had to do with 
the things that we wore or the things that we eat, the things that we drink, and we define holiness by those kinds of things. When in all reality, it's the spirit that changes. And it's so important to understand that when a person gets saved, it's not their flesh that changes because you have to crucify your flesh. Wouldn't it just be nice if all of a sudden your flesh just changed? Right? Now, I got saved, and can I admit to you that I still had some of the same desires that I had before I got saved? Can I have a big old amen? Or will you leave me out there right by myself? I I still had a want to. Come on, talk to me. Now, I know some of you real holy people, you got saved and everything was fine, right? I had to struggle, right? Right? I still struggle with some stuff, right? There are times I still want to hit somebody. Is Lisa, and she struggles with wanting to slap people. Right? No matter how good you are, it's not your flesh that changes. You have to crucify your flesh. You have to bring your flesh under subjection. Right? When you go on a diet, you don't say, Lord Jesus, take away my hunger. How's that working out for you? Father, remove these calories. You said all things are possible. Be surprised at how people pray sometimes, right? So no, no, you have to push back certain things that you like because they're not good for you and you have to eat certain things that you don't like because they are. Paul said the things that I don't want to do, I do. Right? There's this struggle. So look at your neighbor and say, I realize I'm normal. Now, it's going to be kind of strange, but I'll go through it with you. 2 Peter 2.22. It says, of them the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a sow that, you know, is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. Now, I want you to understand that salvation is more than just coming to church. And it's a misconcept of what to do once you get saved and the instructions that are supposed to be in your life when you are coming and assembling yourselves together, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, but you're gathering because that there is an anointing that you're supposed to be sitting up under that pushes you to a purpose that goes beyond the cultured Christianity to where you just sit. 
No one can worship God for you. You understand? Just because we had worship this morning doesn't mean you worshiped. Right? I'll say that again. Just because there was worship going on doesn't mean that you worship. You can come to church and hear worship but not worship. Right? Are you listening? So it has to be personal. It has to be. Life in, in Christ has to be personal. You can be beside somebody, and although two people are beside each other, the person beside you get more from coming to church than you did. Look at your neighbor and say, not today. Let me help you. So, and it's a tough scripture. A uh, pig returns to the wallow. Can I tell you that you can take a pig and give it a bath. You can clean it up good. Do you know you can take a pig and put it in a different location? You can even take that pig and put him with other little pigs. Right? You can clean them up, change the location, fine for a little while. You see, clean them up, dress them up, put a little pink bow on them. Right? And it will look like the pig is doing good. But when the storm comes, not if the storm comes, the storm will come, right? You'll notice that that pig will result in doing what a pig does. So no matter how much you clean him up, the pig will always return to do what is inside of a pig. The problem that we have in ministering to people is confusing those people with the goodness of God. See, the goodness of God doesn't have any strings attached to it. Are you listening? You see, when Jesus was walking on the earth, he went about doing good, but he didn't put strings attached. He never said to someone, I will heal you if you serve me. It's the big misconception. Can I tell you that that? that when Jesus was going about doing good, it was because he wanted people to see the truth about the image of his father. Because the father had gotten a bad rap. Everybody believed the father was this cruel taskmaster that the, the, the Pharisees represented it because they were always, they were always burdening people with the law. People were scared to death and they attribute that to the character of God. So when Jesus walked onto the scene and began to put the demons in their place and when folks needed healing and those, all those that were oppressed by the devil, Jesus would heal them with no strings attached. 
Because he wasn't telling them, I will heal you and I will love you if you serve me. He was saying, I'm good regardless of what you do. That's the truth. He says, I want you to see a better image of my father. That's why when he goes about doing good, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And what he did is he showed the people that there was a difference between the father and religion. And all the people that represented the father were misrepresenting him. And that's why Jesus would look at him and say, you're full of dead man's bones inside of yourself. On the outside, you look really good, but you're corrupt on the inside. Jesus was saying, I want you to get a true picture of the goodness of my father. So I want you to understand that when you're ministering to people and some of the hardest things that I've done in life is helping a person to come to that understanding that God is good regardless of how you treat him. But often when people think about wanting to change their life, they're not wanting to change their life, they're wanting to change their circumstances. That's all. It's tough as, it's bad. You know, I'm, I'm broke, I'm busted, I'm disgusted. You know, I need a change in my life. I, I'll just try God because everybody says God will fix it, right? And so you'll have people, and listen, one of the, the words that people use in order to pray on other people is, I need help. I remember when my son Kenny, you know, I left him in jail. True story, I told you. Dad, will you come get me? I'm like, no, I won't. Went through all the things he'd done, and he's like, we come get me. I'm like, nope. I'm like, got one piece of advice for you. <laughs> What's that? Dude? I'm like, sleep with your back to the wall, son. Hung <laughs> the phone up. True. Later on, knocked at my door and said, I ain't got nowhere to go. I'm like, you still ain't got nowhere to go. You won't let me come stay? I said, no. No, I won't. Because you're not coming because you want to change your life. You're coming because you want to change your circumstance. And when you get ready to change your life and you want to turn your life over, I am here to help you. But until then, enjoy sleeping wherever you need to sleep. Because I'm not going to give you a place of refuge. I want you to get good and tired of the life you're living. You ain't listening to me. Hmm? you're not see you can give that person a job you can give that person a place to stay you can give that person everything in life you can spend all your money and then all of a sudden that person who now is just looking for opportunity because their heart was not about change 
It was about circumstance. And then you'll have this concept of how could you do this to me again after I have been that good to you? And that's the difference between you and Jesus because Jesus would do the good regardless of how they acted. You listen. So you can't get called up in that. So for me, I look to see if the person truly wants a change. I've had many conversations with a person that I would look at them and say, no, you're lying through your teeth. Yes, I do. Say this, and that'll get you a little bit further. It takes a con to know a con, right? Look at your neighbor and say, amen. It takes a drug addict to know a drug addict, right? Right? So how you, how, how you going to come and tell me a bunch of stuff? Crap. Right? I look in their eyes and tell. I know. I can hear their language because I know that language. Right? And so we have to understand that getting a place where our eyes become open and we start seeing things the way that God sees them, the kingdom sees them. Now, say this with me. The storm is going to come. It's, it, it's going to happen. The storm comes. It, it is, it, and, and this is where the truth is told, right? That's, that's one thing I love about jujitsu. I slap hands with a guy on the mat. There's no more pretending. There's no more pretending. It is what it is then. God, the belt will not save you then, right? No. When the storm comes... Pretending to be a Christian won't save you then. <laughs> Are you listening? Oh, that house, that house will start crumbling. It'll fall. The truth will be told when the storm comes. And it doesn't matter how that storm is raging. It doesn't matter how hard the rain and the wind is. The Bible says that if that man built his house upon that rock, that house will stand. Come on. The reason... Why people don't change even when they come to church is because often they are looking to change their circumstances or their environment. And the goodness of God messes with people so they contribute the goodness of God to them being saved or changing their life when in all reality, they can take advantage of the Lord just like they can take advantage of you. Because God never intended for a person just to have their sins forgiven. That's the benefit of coming into Christ. He just didn't want you to get saved. He just didn't want your sins to be forgiven. And all of a sudden, you start coming to church and, and, and start being cultured into this kind of Christianity. No, he wanted your sins to be forgiven because he wants to break the chains of the devil off of your life. But he not only wants to break the chains of, of the devil off your life, he wants to change your life. To give you purpose. Listen to me, sir. Your job is not to just get up every day and go to work and bring home the bacon so mama's happy. 
kids have shoes, right? It's not just your job. It's, it's, it's your responsibility, yeah. But there's a higher calling, and that is to find the purpose that God has created you for and to fulfill that purpose. And that means helping to lead your family into that purpose, right? And listen, it starts... First of all, by submitting yourselves unto the Lord and learning that, 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 that there's a lot of things that the devil can bring up in your life, things for you to worship. But I want to tell you something. Worship really begins when a man humbles himself before the Lord and God becomes the center of his life. That's how life begins to change. That's how your life, my life, begins to change in the world. They do not matter if that person doesn't have a transformation in their life. That's why I have been around some of the most gifted people, some of the most talented people, but they can't be pastored. I've, I've, 30 years of ministry, I've seen some of the most gifted people on the planet, and they could not be pastored. They couldn't. They always were causing trouble, always, you know, always bucking authority. There was just something in them that, you know, they were never satisfied about anything. And you just realize these people are people who just go to church but haven't really come into a place for purpose because purpose for them was controlling everything. Come on, talk to me. Boy, you're talking about having some battles with some folks. And I'm like, Lord, have mercy. I'm like, why can't we just give Jesus control, right? And just follow the Lord, you know? I, I don't care what color the carpet is, really. I mean, people argue over stupid stuff, right? And folks get mad because music's too loud. They don't like this, they don't like that. I mean, has your life become a place where you just trivial stuff. If you don't like the music, sing your own song. I see you like one hour. We got 30 minutes of worship and your whole life is ruined because I don't like the music. I don't like this song. Everybody can't sing like you, Chris. Right. You can sing, dude. I'm telling you, you can sing. Come on, man. What? We got good singing. I mean, you don't like our music? Yeah, you need to leave. Like, who going to find fault with Marcy? Marcy can hold her nose and still sound good. I mean, in all reality, has your life become so shallow that you argue about stupid stuff when, when, when in all reality, I love Marcy, I love Chris, I love Kay, I love them all, but they are not my worship. When I get up in the morning, I don't have to have nobody lead me in anything. I can sing right unto the Lord. Just stupid. Because they're fussing about stupid stuff, which tells me that they have not come into a place where their eyes have been opened and their ears have been opened because they're allowing the enemy to put strife in their life. 
Oh, you ain't listening. Too much. So in order, because what am I trying to accomplish as, as a shepherd? I'm trying to accomplish getting you to reproduce some of the things that I'm doing. Ministering to people. I, 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 listen, I, I don't just come here just because I have an ego. I'm not here. Maybe some guys just love that word pastor or the titles and stuff like that. I don't walk up to people and say, hey, my name is Apostle Cliff Lewin, Dr. Cliff Lewin. I don't even want them to know I'm a preacher, just in case, you know what I mean? It's funny, but it's true. I don't even introduce myself. That's <laughs> who you are. I'm Cliff. <laughs> you want to eat some lamb chops, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> to, to me, if they can't tell I'm a Christian by my actions, they'll never believe it because of my words. <laughs> right? I'd rather, I'd rather shock them than 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 with I, And I have before. They're like, you're a preacher? You didn't tell me you were a preacher. Hey, I'm sorry for what I've done. Now it was good. See, when you tell people you're preachers, you know, they won't have the conversation with you that you really want to hear. And so I don't ever tell them. And I just listen to what they have to say. And then when they find out I'm a preacher, they go, oh, my God. Oh, God. I stand in the line and... And, and, and I walked up, and it was a church member that, you know, I knew. And they were holding a big old six-pack. And, and, and I just stood up. I was, like, right behind them because, you know, they didn't really know me that well. And then they were just standing there, and all of a sudden, you know, I had people just looking. And, and they go, and they went. Like, hey, how you doing? I ain't seen you in a while. I'm like, what you drinking? <laughs> I'm like, it's all right, dude. I'm like, that's a good beer. You did, you made a good choice. <laughs> They're like, okay, yeah. See you, see you Sunday. <laughs> ah, this tickles the fool out of me, right? <laughs> Listen, Jesus ate and drank with sinners. I'll say it again. He ate and drank with sinners constantly because he was looking to change a life, not by demanding that they worship him, but allowing them to see how good the Father was. Do you know people want to hear less of your words and see more of your action? You listen? Because words are cheap. And listen. No matter what you do, you have to understand that the reason why the pig returns to the swallow is because he's still a pig, right? So you can't be offended by that. Now say this with me. Therefore, if any man. That word therefore is a declaration. It means, hey, listen up. 
Because I'm, I'm, I'm about to lay a truth bomb on you right here. He said, therefore, therefore, he said, listen up. He's stating a fact. This is something you should pay attention to. He said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm no longer a pig. Are you listening? He's a new creature. What, what, what does the transformation of being saved do? It takes you and changes you from being a pig. You become a new creature. You ain't no longer a pig. You're a new creature. You've been transformed. You've been renewed. Old things have passed away. You have died to that old man and you have been raised up into something new. And you cannot call yourself a pig anymore. Right? This is where life begins to change. Where it's no longer about trying to get something from the Lord that just changes your circumstances. It's not just trying to change your life for the better in that sense. It is because you finally have your eyes open and you see the kingdom and the goodness of God that transforms your life because it breaks the power of the enemy over your life, not because of just God's goodness. Because he's going to do that regardless of what you do and how you treat him. Were there not ten leopards cleansed? Where are the other nine? So he'll heal you regardless of what you do. But what happens when that healing takes place and your eyes are open and you start seeing the kingdom and now your life becomes about serving? And you've made your mind up and you stand. And having done all to stand, right? All of a sudden you're starting to learn how to fight. And listen, you can spend forever trying to help people who are truly not ready to stop being a pig. And if you're not careful, You'll take it personal. What I do? How could I love you any better? You say all those kinds of things. How could you do this to me? Look at your neighbor and say, because they still a pig. Are you listening? You can be good to somebody and it doesn't mean they will change. Somebody say amen. Say amen again. Old guy told me, asked me, could I give him money? He'd already mortgaged his home twice. Guy was 30 years old, living in his house. His wife, tears streaming down her face. They spent all their retirement and everything else. He had come to me because I heard that you will help people, you know, to have drug problems. He said, my son has a lot of drug problems. He said, Wife's crying and crying. He said, will you give me money? He said, I've mortgaged my home. I've lost everything I had. 
And so when I looked at him, I'm like, why would I give you money? You just told me you lost everything in the world you had. I don't want to add to that loss. Why would I lose? I'm like, it's obvious that your son doesn't want change yet. Well, my son has problems. I'm like, your son has problems. I'm like, your son don't have no problems. I know my son has problems. And I'm like, your son ain't got no problems. I'm like, he has a free place to stay. You pay for his car. You pay for his insurance. You buy his food. You buy his clothes. He can come and go as he pleases. Your son don't got no problems. Now, you, on the other hand, you're getting broken by the moment. He said, you're not going to give me any money? I'm like, no. She started crying. And she says, I've tried to tell him. I've tried to tell him we've lost everything in the world that we own because he won't listen. And you know what he said to me? He said, I'm the man of my house. I said, oh, really? I said, what you going to do if I just jump up from here and I go over there and I slap your wife right, right upside the head? What you going to do? He said, well, I'm, I'm like, what you going to do? He said, well, I reckon I'm going to stop you. I said, reckon? I'm like, what's well, a good answer? I'm like, but you let your son come into the house every day and treat your wife like a dog. And you don't do nothing about it. So don't you tell me you're the man of your house because you ain't the man of your house. Your son's the man of your house. Would you believe he got mad and left? <laughs> it took right off and left me. You know what? Because he, he, he didn't want to listen to any truth. Right? So I won't try to be mean to him, but somebody had to get through this thick head. Look at your neighbor and say, some people have thick heads. Are you listening? So the church, listen, you have to be ready to minister to the lost. And you have to have a wisdom about how you go about that. Right? Let me tell you something. You have to die first. You die. You die. This culture of Christianity will not change you. You have to die to yourself. Jesus, who went about doing good, and man, he was healing everybody. He was feeding the multitudes. Jesus stood up, and, and, and he saw all the crowds, and he recognized. He said, they, they're here because they're hungry. And, and, and the miracles. But Jesus laid this truth bomb and he said to the crowd, if any man is going to follow me, let him first deny himself. Because they were mistaking his goodness for service. Right? Can I promise you that Jesus has been much better to me than I've been to him? When I was laying in the walla, an inch away from death, it was his goodness that kept me. When those bullets went by my head, it was his goodness that 
kept me. When I was sleeping under the bridge, it wasn't you being good to me. It was him being good to me. When I'd wake up, it was him that was good to me. And I didn't come to the Lord because I was so scared he was going to throw me in hell. I came to him because all the times I should have died, he let me live. All the times where he could have just left me and left me to myself. He had mercy on me because he knew no one had ever spoken into my life and no one had brought me to a place where I could truly understand just how good he was. And so he became a father to the fatherless. You say, why are you so passionate? Because I know where my life comes from. I know who saved my life. I don't have a religious bone in my body. Not much, you know. Maybe when I'm doing a wedding or something like that. If you ever heard me preach a funeral, you know I ain't got a religious bone in my body, right? What I do have is an immense love for Jesus and a great understanding about how a life can change. And it doesn't change because your circumstances are bad. It changes because you recognize not only that he can save you, but he can change you. And now it starts being about that purpose. Who would have ever thought that somebody even like myself would be called a pastor? I never for a million years thought that somebody ever called me Pastor Cliff. It's still strange. I mean, really, when you think about it, it's strange. Somebody says, Pastor Cliff. Well, I'm like, that's an awesome feeling. Look at your name and say, I've been called a lot of stuff. But pastor ain't one of them. Are you in the house, right? <laughs> Who walks around and calls you pastor anything, right? Right? Don't call you pastor. Like, pastor Cliff, I'm like, wow, that's something else. Now look, Paul was on his way to Damascus. He thought he was doing the Lord's work. He was putting Christians in prison, killing folks, because he thought he was doing God a service. Ain't it amazing sometimes that the church can believe they're doing the God's work? And what they do is they just kill people. <laughs> Too much? Paul says, I'm on the Lord's, I'm in the Lord's army. I'm, I'm doing God's work. He, he's just wreaking havoc amongst the church. Ain't it amazing? that something that is supposed to be representing God can do so much damage to people. And as he's on his way, there's a light that shines. There's a voice that's heard. And there's a transformation that takes place in Paul's life to where he looks up and he says, 
Who are you? Well, that's a good question to ask. Who are you? He says, I'm Jesus. And it's hard for you to kick against these pricks. Do you know that even if you are messed up in the head, that there's a light just waiting to shine on you? You know it or not, that light is here. Yes, it is. It's here. There's a light. When he saw the light and he heard the voice and then he understood who it was, do you know that the Lord doesn't have a problem identifying himself? He said, who are you? Guess. <laughs> None ya. No, no, no. Who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. If you want to know the Lord, call on his name. He said, everyone that will call on my name. You want to know? And people are arguing me or talk to me about certain kinds of sins and what's ever acceptable. Yeah, get on my nerves. And I'm like, here's what we agree on. We both have the same God. So stop talking to me and start talking to him. And if he tells you you can do what you're doing and he's fine with that, then why do you need my approval? Stop making me responsible for your choices. Look up to the Lord and ask him yourself because he didn't have a problem telling me there were some things that I couldn't talk to me, right? I'm clear about the stuff I can't do. His word is clear, is it not? The only time it's not clear is when you're just trying to wiggle your way out of not obeying the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Light shines. The scales fall from his eyes and his life changes. Romans says that I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present yourselves to be a living sacrifice which is holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And be ye not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Look at your neighbor and say, I ain't no longer a pig. Right? When you get saved, you ain't a pig no more. You ain't supposed to go back to wallowing in the stuff that he brought you out of. And if you find yourself wallowing back in the stuff that he brought you out of, you need to have another conversation with him. Right? Because there's this transformation that takes place. And listen, when his will becomes your will, that's what becomes your strength to break the addictions in your life. Because it's no longer about your flesh, it's about your purpose. And if your purpose doesn't line up with the addictions, you will choose the Lord over your addictions because you choose purpose over your flesh. In order to help drug addicts, you cannot change their location. See, that's what most rehabs is. Is take them off the street and you put them in a house with a bunch of other little pigs. 
So now we're going to give them a job. Do you know the worst thing that a drug addict can have is money? The second thing, a cell phone and a vehicle. I say cell phone first because they can call the drug dealer to come to them. Having a car is just a luxury. And when they run out of money, they'll sell the car. In order to help the drug addict, you have to kill him. He has to die. He has to be resurrected and born again. Then you have to teach him what purpose is in life. Because a man that has no purpose has no life. When a man has nothing in this life to die for, he's not fit to live. That's what Martin Luther King Jr. said. A man has nothing to die for. He's not fit to live. Can you hear me? Where are you? Hey, my man. It's nice to see y'all. Y'all done snuck in and got right on the back row. Everybody say, hey, Jay. Man, let me tell you something, Ramesh. His mama can cook up some oxtails and some jerk chicken, dude. <laughs> Ain't that something? Somebody can get saved today and we're talking about jerk chicken. Jerk chicken is good. Where are you? Because your life is never, ever going to change until you die to yourself. We say, well, I don't know what to do. Who does? Who can figure it all out? Who has all the answers? I don't have all the answers. I just know the answer. Right? And if you truly, truly want a change in your life, you die to yourself. When you allow the Spirit of the Lord to do something so beautiful in your life, that your life is never the same. And anybody tells you that you won't have to struggle with your flesh they don't know what they're talking about. They, they, they come from that old school kind of, you know, this pour oil on your head and everything's going to be fine. Somebody say, yabba dabba do and you're. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Boy, these glasses are designed for me to read up close, but. Man, y'all look like ghosts up in here. <laughs> Let the musicians come and how many of you truly want to be effective in ministering to people? Hmm? You want to have an effective way that you minister. It's a good goal to have. It's a, a wonderful thing for the Lord to use you in helping to transform somebody's life and ultimately every person that's saved under the sound of my voice that should be your ultimate goal is for God to be able to use you to help change someone else's life and if you don't have that hunger then you need to spend some time in the presence of the Lord
because something is lacking in your life. Because that's how the kingdom of God is built. It's built off of us having a deep love for one another. Jesus loved sinners. I don't like to you know, call people sinners. I, I'd rather say Jesus loves people, but he defined it. Yeah, he loves sinners. Aren't you glad? Aren't you thankful? Right? Let's just pray. Let's worship for a moment. And I want you to just allow the Lord for just a, it's just 1152. We'll, we'll be out real quick, but I just want you to take a moment and forget about everything that's happened this week. And I want you to have a heart-to-heart talk with the Lord. God is good, is he not? Would you help me as we just worship the Lord?